Welcome to the Fearless Mom Podcast, where our goal is to give practical tips and tools to help moms actually enjoy parenting. Whether you're watching or listening by yourself or you're with a group, we're just so glad that you've joined us. And remember, we never wanna add to your already long to-do list. We just wanna help you be intentional with what you're already doing. Hey guys, this is Julie, and I'm so glad that you are tuning in today to the Fearless Mom podcast. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, we are so glad that technology has connected us. And as always, we want to remind you that you may be listening by yourself, but you are not alone. There's a big group of moms in Austin cheering you on, and I am cheering you on too. We say, um, you know, you may feel overwhelmed and under-equipped. You may feel like you don't know what you're doing. You may feel like, ah, oh, what, what is this thing? How did I get into this? We want to remind you, you are not alone. We're all in this together. Um, today, we are talking about self-awareness. Yesterday, we kicked off a series with our Lake Kills group um, called Mom in the Mirror. And we're talking about self-awareness and understanding yourself a little bit better in order to be who you're created to be and in order to be the best mom that you can be. And then self-awareness, um, it's only natural that through developing self-awareness, you develop others' awareness and that helps you in every relationship. And ultimately it's all built on a foundation of God awareness. And so let's start with a word of prayer and then we will dive in about why it's important and how we're going to work on developing our self-awareness. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for technology. I thank you that we get to be connected to so many moms. And um, we ask right now that you settle our hearts and minds and open our eyes and ears, God, so that we can see and hear what you want us to learn today so we can be the moms that we're created to be. In Jesus' name, amen. As I mentioned, we just kicked off our semester. And every time we kick off a semester, I feel like I want to remind everybody um, who I am, what I do, and why I do it. Who I am, Julie Richard and my husband. And I've been married for over 30 years. And um, we have two kids that grew up in our home, Emily and Joe. They are young adults. And then we have two bonus girls who, for various reasons, ended up in our home as um they were growing up really in their college years, Sylvie and Allie. This summer, Allison got married to Will, and he just fits in perfectly with our crazy crew. Um, I grew up in Mississippi, the middle of three and uh, three girls, and um, my parents, the kids call them Shuggy and Grandy, and my sisters and their families, they all still live in Mississippi. Um, but I came out to Texas, married Mac. I studied special education at Baylor. My passion is teaching reading, so reading readiness, and um, behavior management. Um, I absolutely love teaching about marriage and family. Mac and I love teaching about marriage and family, but I'm not an expert. He's not an expert. I, I'm not a therapist. I'm more of, I guess, an enthusiast than a therapist. I 
actually, if you really think about it, I'm more of an analyst. Um, you've heard of financial analysts and football analysts. Well, I'm a family analyst. Um, I love, love, love to study cultural and behavioral trends, um, whatever's going on currently in education. I love studying that. And then I look for patterns that may explain the trends, whether it's trends with anxiety or um, self-control, whatever it is, um, you know, social, emotional awareness, all of those things. And then I read literature and research and data and then filter it all through scripture to find practical tools to help parents train up their kids in the way they should go. That's the goal, right? Um, Mac and I are crazy about each other. We're crazy about all of our kids, but we certainly haven't parented perfectly. But we do believe passionately that if we can equip moms to actually enjoy parenting, then we can change the world. We are, you know, raising up the next generation after all. And as we always say, and it's important that you hear me, I don't want to add to your already long to-do list. I just want to help you be intentional with what you're already doing. And I want to help you enjoy doing it. So that's who I am, what I do, what we're about. Again, not a um, an expert by any means, but I sure do feel um, pretty deeply that, guys, we're all in this together, and there are choices we can make and actions we can take to enjoy being a mom, to equip our kids to become resilient, competent, independent adult kids. That's the goal here. And we're currently recording um, curriculum that will be released in the fall. Um, it's an e-course curriculum you can do as an individual or with a group. And it's called Without Fear. And it, you know, with the title Without Fear comes from our theme verse, Proverbs 31, 25. She's clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. She laughs without fear. What a goal, right? What a goal to parent without fear. But when I think about it, if I'm being honest, I, I've never met a mom who's not afraid. Every single mom I've ever met is fearful for her child in some way, shape, or form. This is what I think. I think, I believe that you can feel fearful and act fearless. And that's important, guys, because I can't wait until I'm not feeling fear to parent efficiently, to parent, you know, passionately. I have to say, you know what? I'm going to feel this fear, but I'm going to act in spite of it. And I'm going to parent toward a vision instead of away from a fear. I'm not going to let that fear drive my decision making. Most moms are thinking, oh my gosh, instead of raising my kids up, I'm actually messing my kids up. Every mom feels overwhelmed and under-equipped. When you consider the responsibility of motherhood, in reality, the appropriate response is to throw up in your mouth a little bit. That is totally normal. I want to remind you, though, that the creator the maker of heaven and earth, the king of kings, the Lord of lords has called you to this thing called motherhood, whether by birth, by fostering, by adoption, by marriage, whatever it is. If you have a kid in your home, then God called you to parenting. And you can know that if he calls you to it, he'll equip you for it. I think, though, when we are afraid, whether it's parenting or anything else, 
the natural human response is one extreme or the other. Either you, you know, grab hold and white knuckle whatever it is you're afraid of, or you completely let go and say, oh, well, I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm just not going to do it. Um, White knuckling looks like trying to control every single thing. And when it comes to parenting, we know that can get ugly real fast. Um, Helicopter parenting, lawnmower parenting, whatever you want to call it, snowplow parenting, um, controlling everything, intervening at every chance, um, staying, trying to stay one step ahead of every single situation. That is white knuckling. And even when you squeeze your fist, you can feel the tension. And that is no way to live. That is not God's design and desire, nor is totally hands off parenting where we say, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't want to do the wrong thing. So I'm just going to do nothing. And um, we see that a lot. And again, both of these are natural human reactions. If you find yourself drifting toward one or the other, certainly if we consider it, most of us drift toward one or the other in certain situations. But our goal, I believe the design is for us to, as 38 Special would say, hold on loosely. If you're confused right now, then 38 Special is a really great band from the 80s and Hold On Loosely was one of their big hits. And that's what we want to do. We want to hold on loosely. We hold on loosely because we're remembering that our goal is to gradually let go. You can do that with your hands right now. You can picture it. Hold on loosely so that you gradually let go. What does the Bible say? Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go. And that's what our goal is. And when we remember that, we, it keeps us from white knuckling or just letting go. And let me tell you something. I, my kids are all adults. And I have to remind myself of this all the time. Actually, that's exactly why I have that visual that not white knuckling, not completely open handed, but gently holding on, holding on loosely. Um, We want to recognize our fears. We just don't let them drive our decisions. We want to be intentional and purposeful toward a vision instead of away from a fear. And guys, we're going to do the work so that we can enjoy doing it. We want to parent with courage, with purpose, and with laughter. And I'm here to tell you, it is possible. It is possible. It takes work, but it is possible. I also want to say that if you are exhausted right now, if you are at the end of your rope right now, I get it. You are not the only mom feeling that way. I have talked to so many moms who are saying, I just feel myself being angry all the time, on edge all the time, worried all the time. That, that is totally understandable after the last couple of years we've had. We just have to recognize that. And that is self-awareness right there. Understanding that that's where you are right now is self-awareness. But then say, okay, I can't live here. I'm not designed to live this way. I understand that I'm feeling this way now, that I'm that I'm, you know, thinking this way now, I just don't want to stay there. So we're going to embrace the responsibility to be as healthy and happy as we can so that we can be the moms we're created to do, to be and do the work that we're called to do. Galatians 6, 4 and 5 says, pay careful attention to your own work for then 
you will get the satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else for we are each responsible for our own conduct. We're each responsible. And what we're going to do today, we're going to talk about embracing the responsibility of developing self-awareness, developing an understanding of ourselves, a huge part of getting better at anything or, or learning how to change unhealthy patterns, whatever it is, whatever you're trying to do, to learn how to be a better mom, to learn how to be a better wife, to learn how to be a better you, to learn how to be the best you you can be starts with self-awareness saying, where am I right now? And what do I need to be? It's hard. It takes great courage. We're going to talk about that in a minute, but guys, it is so worth it. It is so worth it. Some people love it. Like I have friends and I have been in seasons of my life where I'm like self-awareness, bring it my way. I love personality profiles and the Enneagram and all the things. And then there are other seasons where I'm like, uh, can't do that right now can barely, um, you know, keep my head above water. If that's you, understand that, that that's self-aware to say I'm at the end of my rope. I can't handle anymore. And that's okay. Just listen for future reference. Okay. Self-awareness. What's our definition? Our definition of self-awareness is an understanding of yourself and your relationship with your environment. So an understanding of yourself, your own thoughts and feelings, your reflexes, your tendencies, your motives, your triggers, your likes, your dislikes, your strengths and weaknesses. It's really just understanding yourself. And it, at 52, you know what I've learned? I'm always learning. I'm always learning about myself. I'm always learning. Um, wow, I didn't even realize. But when I stop and think about it, that um, really stresses me out. Maybe it is uh, maybe Christmas for you. Everybody's like, this is so amazing. And you're like, seriously, because I am miserable right now. That's okay. The self-awareness, figure out what you need to do. So you're not crazy all the time. It's okay. We're all created uniquely. We're going to get to that in a minute, but it's what is self-awareness understanding yourself and looking at yourself with compassion and curiosity. So understanding yourself, but it's also understanding your relationship with your environment what do I mean by environment, uh, your relationship with other people, your relationship with God, your relationship with situations and circumstances, your relationship with TV, your relationship with social media, whatever it is, your relationship with work. Um, how do you interact with all the things in your life? That is self-awareness. So we have to work to develop this. We have to choose to say, okay, guys, okay. Uh, I'm talking like I'm talking to an audience right now, but I'm talking to you guys. Um, we have to work to say, I'm, I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to look at myself. I want to see what is real. I want to see, um, you know, what is actually real and true. And again, if you're not there, keep listening, keep listening. We are not always aware of what is real about ourselves. Just this weekend, I was at my parents' house and um, we were celebrating my dad's 75th birthday. So both my sisters were there and I was in my parents' bedroom and I saw a picture that my sister had printed, framed for my um, parents. And I asked my sisters, I'm like, who edited this picture to make my hair look so blonde? 
And my sisters were both like, what? And I go, look at this. My hair is so blonde. They both looked at me like, that's what color your hair was. Your hair was that blonde. And I looked at my mom. I'm like, seriously? Was my hair that blonde? Mom was like, yeah, it was that blonde. I was like, oh my gosh, you guys, that is a great example of a lack of self-awareness. Um, maybe, uh, you know, you don't uh, miss the color of your hair since it is something literally visible, but everybody has some blind spot. Everybody has things about ourselves that we don't see. Totally normal, totally natural. In an ideal world, we're always learning and we're open to hearing and learning things about ourselves. Things that we may think we see accurately, but we don't, that's what that's what we need other people for. Um, you know, I don't know if you've seen that meme, but like, uh, this is what I think I look like running. And it's like this girl, like a Nike commercial, but this is what I I'm pretty sure I look like when I run and it's that little girl and she's slinging something. I love it so much because that is for sure. That is for sure me. If I'm doing anything in my mind, I'm picturing what I look like, but I'm pretty sure the reality is way, way different. And that is totally normal. And maybe your blind spots are, you know, as mundane as hair color or what you look like doing yoga or whatever, but most of us have blind spots that impact significantly the relationships that we're in or maybe living the life we're created to live. Maybe you have a blind spot about how you actually interact with your husband. Maybe you have a blind spot about, you know, how much you're actually scrolling on your phone or how much time you actually spend in front of Netflix. Maybe you have a blind spot and you, you don't hear the edge or harshness in your speaking tone to your friends. Everyone has blind spots and everyone can work to develop self-awareness and to be our best selves. That's what our goal is here. We have to do the work to develop self-awareness and we have to do the work to see things as they really are because our goal is to deal with what is real. And if you want to be the best mom you can be, developing self-awareness is a huge step in that process. And the better you are, at learning and growing, at receiving correction, at receiving direction from those around you, learning about yourself, learning about things that maybe you need to change, the better you are, the more you will be able to equip your kids to develop self-awareness. So let's talk about what's required. Developing self-awareness, it requires four things. Ready? Honesty, humility, community and courage honesty humility community and courage this is honesty with ourselves we are gifted self-deceivers but living in a false world and wishing things were different and starting to picture them that way it, it, it's not helpful the goal here is accurate thinking we want to see things as they really are Psalm 139, 23 and 24 says, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. God, show me what I need to change and then lead me in the way everlasting. And I, I do get that it can be scary to see things as they really are, but 
but it's necessary. Our full lives that were created to live are better lived when we are living in reality, when we learn to see truth, even when it's difficult. We have to learn to deal with what is real. And this is, this is the bad and the good. We want to see the good too. Deal with the whole honest truth. Seeing the bad and the good. Second, humility. Humility. I love the quote that um, the Bible Recap app shared with their def- definition of humility. Humility is the narrow zone where you're not building yourself up or beating yourself up. You're not building yourself up, thinking too highly or too hopefully or too optimistically of yourself. And you're not beating yourself up, thinking too poorly or too doomsday. Maybe, you know, building yourself up is talking yourself out of um, apologizing or Maybe you're talking yourself out of like, I didn't really yell that much or I wasn't that irrational. I don't need to I don't need to apologize. Or maybe maybe you are saying, well, I don't really lose my temper that often. Sometimes we just don't want to look at it. And, and we all have weaknesses, everybody. But it's not fun to look at. And we like to think of things sometimes a little better than they were. Or maybe your tendency is to beat yourself up and think too poorly or too doomsday. I'm the worst mom in the world. My child will never recover. He's definitely headed to juvie. There's no way he's going to get out of kindergarten because I didn't get him a tutor early enough. We go doomsday so fast. We catastrophize. Oh, my gosh. I like have a Ph.D. in this. Totally normal and natural. But the goal is to recognize when you're drifting one way or the other, building up zone or beating up zone, and then recognize it, see it, and then pull yourself back to the narrow zone of accurate thinking. It requires being aware of your thoughts, your feelings, your actions, what is real, and then saying, wait a minute. For instance, let's see, um... Let's say that you were in Chick-fil-A, for instance. This one's totally hypothetical. Just kidding. It definitely happened to me. And your child pitches a fit when you say it's time to um, get in the car because they want to keep playing. And um, you overreact, hypothetically speaking, again, of course. And, well, when you get in the car, then you feel like, ah, I don't think I handled that great. So now... I'm going to look at my thoughts, my feelings, and actions with curiosity and compassion, not judgment or comparison. I'm looking at it with curiosity. You know, I've noticed that I often overreact when we're in public. wonder why I do that. Am I embarrassed? Am I hurt? Am I offended? Am I afraid? Am I hungry? Am I tired? You just look at it and go, what can I do? You know what? Something I can work on is responding with wisdom instead of reacting with emotion. Look and go, hmm, can I set myself up better? Can I set my kid up better? And then make the change and move forward. I know this sounds, you know, idealistic, but this is the goal, guys. This is the goal. When we make mistakes, we go, let me, let me consider why I did. I'll apologize, and then I'll make the change and move on. Sometimes you hit it, sometimes you don't. But if you are shooting for perfection you will find yourself here often 
The goal is participation. The goal is doing your best. The goal is always improving, growing in self-awareness, growing in self-control, whatever it is that you tend to beat yourself up about. Acknowledge, I will make mistakes. I will not scar my child forever. God will use it for his glory and our good. And then I've got to move forward. You've got to have honesty and humility. Humility is that narrow zone. And then third, you got to have community. Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Not giving up the habit is meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another encouraging one another and spurring each other on. That's what we do. That's our goal at Fearless Mom. Not only that we encourage, uh, yes, we want to cheer you on. For sure, we want to cheer each other on. But we also want to challenge each other and spur each other on to be the moms we're created to be. And so you've got to find yourself some community. I love this Fearless Mom community. But this can't be your only community. You need face-to-face friends, friends who can see your face, who can ask you how you're doing, who, who can see what's really going on. And community, if you're looking at people who are going to really encourage you and spur you on, that community is going to be built over time, over a period of years. If I think about the people who I really trust, I've known them for a really long time. We've spent time together. We have um, been through a lot together. And that's where this, that's what I'm talking about here. It's people who can, who can see when you're not doing well and they ask you how you're doing. People who can see um, when things are not going great. People who can celebrate with you. That's what I'm talking about here. Um, You need people who are like, actually, that's not what happened. Actually, that is what happened. Whatever it is, when you're, um, you know, drifting toward one or the other, building yourself up or beating yourself up, you need these friends. I have a couple of these friends, Lisa Hughes and Ashley Horn are my, I call them my say it, weigh it friends. And if you did the Own Your Mind business series, you know what I'm talking about. It's if I, let's say Lisa and I have been in a situation together um, with other friends and then we um, are talking on the phone later and I say, gosh, I feel like I was, you know, too talkative. I feel like I just hogged the conversation or whatever. And she may say, what a funny example, because odds are I've literally had this conversation with her. But anyway, so then we, she'll go either You talked a lot, but that's okay. She's letting me know, yes, that was an accurate read. Or she goes, no, you didn't. You really didn't. That's all in your head. So I say it, and then I weigh it against what is real and true. So that's a say it, weigh it, friend. With Ashley, I do the exact same thing. She typically hears me teach um, a fearless mom session, and afterwards I'll go, ugh, that was the worst thing ever. What am I doing? I don't even think I said this or this. I totally meant to say this, and she'll go, Julie, calm down. You did say that. She'll weigh it against truth. She'll uh, always tell me. It's just, and then, of course, if you have teenage daughters or if you have daughters, they are really great say it, weigh it, friends, because they will tell it like it is. And, And that is so helpful. That is so, so helpful. After I did this session, I, um, was I was with the group uh, with the group the small group that has older kids and I said don't you guys feel like 
we develop so much self-awareness as moms, really in our kids' teenage years, especially if you have daughters, and everyone agreed, for sure. Teenage daughters, good or bad, they they help you become more self-aware because they will tell it like it is, which I think, you know what? There's some good in that, as long as they do it respectfully, as long as they do it respectfully. But um, we definitely need community, family, friends who are close enough that we trust and who can see things as they really are. So we've got honesty, we've got humility, we've got community. And the last one that we need to develop self-awareness is courage. It takes real courage to do the work to see things as they are, to see yourself as you really are. It can be scary. Maybe maybe for you, the, the first act of developing self-awareness is just saying, I'm afraid to really dig in and see things as they really are. Um, that's, that's a big step. Or maybe you say, you know what? I'm not in a place where I can do that right now. I just, I'm at the end of my rope, self-awareness right now. I, I can't deal with that. That's self-aware to say, right now I'm not in a good place. Right now I'm trying to keep my head above water. Self-awareness, developing self-awareness, certainly asking your friends and family to help you develop self-awareness. It requires significant vulnerability and bravery. So this is what I want to help you do. Go, you know what? Recognize where you are and do what you can today. Psalm 139, 14 says, Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Guys, we are complex. God created us complex. But I want to remind you that God has called you to be a mom. He's created you on purpose, with purpose, for a purpose. And you are wonderfully complex because his workmanship is marvelous. So developing self-awareness, you got to recognize God awareness. God created you, you on purpose, with purpose, for a purpose. And that helps us move from just awareness to appreciation. If you've ever seen a, a woman who walks confidently but gently, it's a, it's a humble confidence and a confident humility. It's a strong femininity and a feminine strength. That is someone who walks like she's clothed with strength and dignity. She laughs, you know, without fear of the future. She's comfortable in her own skin because she's becoming self-aware and she's developing appreciation for that personality she has, for her capacity that God's given her, for the calling he's placed on her life. That's what we're trying to move to. And I'm here to tell you that God has created you with those strengths and weaknesses, with those gifts and talents, with those tendencies, and he wants to use them for good, for his glory and for your good. Understanding yourself, understanding your relationship with your environment, yes, it takes work. It takes work. Why do we need it? Because it literally improves every relationship in your life. The better you understand yourself, the better you understand everyone around you. And the better you understand God, the better you understand it all. It's not just awareness, but also appreciation. That's what we want. God awareness. If that's where you are today and you're thinking, 
I can't dig in. I can't. I want to tell you, work on your God awareness. Sit and pray with him. Read God's word. Develop your God awareness and your self-awareness will grow. But if you are a person who's like, okay, I want to dig in. We'll post, um, we'll share actually in our email uh, this week, the links to our personality profile. We did a personality profile because we love digging in. We think there's such value in that. Um, if you're in that season, maybe you are into the Enneagram. Maybe you want to dig into the five love languages. Um, there's so many personality profiles online. If, if that's where you are, and you're interested in it. We'd love to hear about it. What personality profile that you're using? Like I said, we'll share ours um, on our social media, but um, do the work, do the work and uh, see what you find and let us know. My guess is um, if you're a person that enjoys that and you dig in, you'll start seeing it everywhere. That is exactly what happened to us. But I want to close with this, whether you are like, can't do it today, or you are like, I'm the queen of the Enneagram, I'm into it. I want to remind you that Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. He's created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God has things planned for you. Yep, motherhood is one of them. Other things in your life too, but you are his masterpiece. And um, my prayer is that you feel that today. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for the gift of your word that directs and guides us. I thank you for the gift of technology that connects us. God, I ask that you hover over every mom listening, that you remind her that you've created her on purpose, with purpose, for a purpose, that you want to use her strengths and her weaknesses. You want to use her to equip her kid to grow up into who he or she's created to be. God, give us what we need this week. In Jesus' name, amen. And guys, I want to remind you, if you've not um, checked it out yet, head to our website, fearlessmom.com, and get info about the conference. We would love to have you in person in Austin, February 25th and 26th. Um, we will have uh, David Thomas and Sissy Goff from Raising Boys and Girls in Nashville. We'll also have Holly Furtick from Elevation Church. And it is going to be an amazing weekend. We hope that you will join us. Take care and we'll talk to you soon. We're so glad you joined us today. You can get more resources and information at fearlessmom.com.